Fireflies Unite with Kia, your weekly podcast from the perspective of individuals thriving with a mental illness. We are normalizing the conversation about mental health within communities of color to foster mental wellness and empowerment. Welcome to another episode of the Fireflies Unite podcast with me, Kia, where our mission is to bring light into darkness, just like the fireflies, by sharing the stories of people of color who live and thrive with mental health conditions and to normalize the mental health conversation. So as always, it's a new week and I'm excited to bring you a new episode. On today's episode, we are going to speak with Eric Cleancut Dixon. He is a artist. He's more than a barber and he's extremely dedicated um, about raising awareness for mental health. So before we get into this episode, let me just tell you a little bit more about Eric. Dedicated and innovative master barber with extensive experience. His artistic background is what he credits as how he is able to achieve the detail and intricacy of his designs. Eric's clean lines and attention to detail has made him more than deserving of his professional nickname, Clean Cut. Clean Cut is not only technically skilled and licensed, but he is also battle ready. He has already competed and won several barber battles, competed in everything from design to male hair units to facials. There are no limits to what he can do. When he's not traveling or competing nationally, He is producing unique styles and guaranteeing customer satisfaction for everyone he services in his private boutique location. So as I mentioned, Eric is super passionate about community outreach, mental health awareness, self-care, Black entrepreneurship, barber education and training, arts and culture, fashion and lifestyle. And as you get into this interview with him, you'll know why I decided to reach out to him and thought he would be a great fit for the podcast. So let's get into this interview with Eric. So welcome, Eric, to the Fireflies Unite podcast, where our mission of this podcast is really to bring light into darkness. And that's just like the fireflies. So just like the fireflies, they come out at night and they illuminate a very small light. And so a lot of times when people are dealing with mental health challenges, they feel very isolated. They feel left in the dark. But by talking about it, we're bringing light into darkness. So that's the symbolism behind it. And by talking together, we're uniting to bring light into places where people feel like there's no hope, where they may be suicidal, where they may deal with a lot of shame and guilt. And so having this conversation about mental health is something that's very near and dear to my heart. So I'm super excited to have you on the podcast today. How are you? I'm doing well. Good morning to you. I am sane. At the moment, you know, uh, through everything and just, you know, pushing through just like everyone else and adjusting. But I'm doing amazing. Absolutely. Yeah, that's all we can do. Do our best to adjust as best as we can and to try to keep some form of normalcy in our day to day, which is the hard part, because a lot of people's schedules are thrown off. So are you still seeing clients right now with all that's going on? Um. At the moment, uh, it's very difficult to see clients uh, due to the the, uh, the strict uh, rules that they put out for right now. And, mm-hmm. you know, 
they we're not we're not they we're considered non-essential uh business so they pretty much shut down everything uh we not mm-hmm. we, we all barber shops all salons tattoo shops nail salons everything's been shut down uh and then of course you know i guess to help speed up the process I'm, i had to you know take a break off of a lot of clients which basically hurts the hair industry tremendously so it's definitely a, a hit for sure yeah and then really trying to bounce back at that and we'll really get to a point where figuring out because it's uncertainty so we don't really know when it's going to live how long um and so tying that into mental health before how before you because i know you're a barber so mm-hmm. and you do some amazing work because i've seen your pictures like you do some oh, amazing thank you. work i appreciate that Thanks, you're welcome. Thank you. i appreciate that so how did so how does mental health tie into this? When did you become so passionate about mental health? Well, mental health started with me first. Um, I went through a point in my life where you know I was battling with so much, so much, uh, so many things in my life that you know that stems from my childhood. You know, and over time it affected past relationships and 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 honestly I didn't like you know the place the dark place I was in at the moment. Then I see therapy like this is about six years ago. And after seeking therapy over time and going through that process, I became, you know, it it, uh, it helped me evolve into a better me, which helped me repair a lot of relationships with a lot of people in my life, key people in my life as like my mom and my dad. Um, it made me see things in a bigger picture. So, of course, by me being a barber, I encounter a lot of uh, people, especially black men. And mm-hmm. Just talking with a lot of black men and just having common ground with a lot of issues. And it just I don't know, it just opened up the conversation with us for us to talk about, talk, dig deep into a lot of uh, main issues with us. Or what why we why, why we battle with a lot of things that we don't really talk about mm-hmm. um, as far as just how we are in relationships and just life and the anxiety that we deal with just being black in America. And just being able to and still having tackled and and overcome the issues from our childhood. And, you know, me being transparent with my client, I was open with them about me going to therapy. And a lot of them was kind of shocked by that. And they were like, oh, because most black men don't talk about it with amongst each other. So once I opened that up about myself, it it gave them a, a comfort to be open. And then they started to be curious about mental health and and trying to seek help. And it started off with a little, and then it started to really build up the more I started talking about it. So I just used my platform just basically be able to reach men and have a real genuine conversation with them about real things we're dealing with and let them know I understand, I get it. But this is how I got out of it. So this is how you, maybe you could, it could work for you. Yeah, I love that. It's It's like... I'm not over here, not about to all tear up, but it's because it's really important for people to talk about some of those challenging times. And the thing is, especially there's a mental health stigma, no matter what color you are. But for black people, it seemed like that stigma runs so deep because for generations, decades, we never we never had a safe space to go to where we can where we can talk about some of the challenges that we deal with. For a, for a lot of us, church was that place for us. And while church has a, um, a can have a tremendous impact on one's spirituality and their 
um, overall mental and emotional well-being, sometimes it takes a little bit more than church. And so you talking about therapy in your shop is a perfect segue because you are now providing a service to your clients. But by you being so open and transparent, now your clients are thinking, hmm, maybe I can give therapy a try. Let me open up and start um, sharing certain things because now there's a level of trust um, that you're building with your clients. And it's just not limited to trust in terms of providing a service, but now it's trust and sharing pieces of myself that I felt like I had to hide or things that I was ashamed about or things that I felt guilty about and really providing that space for them. And so now you're essentially your, your, um, your shop has become almost like a bit of a, a place, a safe space for, for therapy. And I know one of the things that you do is you have people when they come in, don't you have them write affirmations on the wall? Yes. So that's, um, that's the unique thing that I created with my studio. So it was just something that came to me. Uh, this, my wall was just strictly just black and that's it. And then I was like, man, what can I put on a wall? I'm just sitting there thinking, I said, you know what? And I thought of a saying, I said, you know what? I'm gonna put a quote. And it was a quote, uh, that um, I once heard before and I wrote it on the wall. And once people started coming in after that, and they were like, oh, we can write on the wall? I said, yeah, only if it's positive. Uh, you can write, you, I mean, if you want to write something, it has to be positive. It has to be inspirational. I said, just, just don't put nothing, you know, crazy on the wall. Just write all inspirational things. I said, something you may have heard, something that may have helped you. Write something that you, you know, that you can pass on to other people or even me. Because I use the wall myself, like, you know, we all human, we all go through our thing. But I also use the wall to, like, you know, kind of, like, bring me back. You know, I may see a quote that, a favorite quote of mine that uh, a client wrote. And I'm just like, wow, you know. And then it just became a thing over time. So more people start seeing people writing. They're like, oh, man. And I, and I tell them, like, look, you got to be something positive. You got to be some inspiration. Mm-hmm. People would, like, jump at it. You'd be surprised. Like, people's like, oh, I got one. Some people, like I have some clients, every time they come in, they write something each time they come in of something that they heard or something that they learned. And they they come in, they're like, I got something else. And I had I have one client, she has a whole, like a whole list of quotes. And she's just on the wall, just writing stuff. And it just became a thing. And like, it's it's, it's stuck now. So when it's, once I um, expand the business, that's going to be the thing, the, the thing of my lounge is all inspirational quotes all over the wall. And it helped a lot of people because sometimes when you come in the sh- when people come in the shop, they may not be, you know, social, you know, or they mm-hmm. may be going through something. They don't feel like talking. My wall, they can sit and look at my wall and read something on my wall while they're getting a haircut and see something that may help them with something that they're going through at that moment. And and I had people say, yo, I love your wall, man. I just want to let you know that. Like, I, I especially love this particular quote right here. And I was like, yeah, you know, and then we had discussed that and why, why do you, well, like, why do you love, what you love about that quote? And we have a, a genuine uh, understanding about it, which opens up more conversation. And then we start talking about more stuff. That's how the talk about mental health will come up. Or it just, to be able to have inspiration around you, it helps your energy. You know, it's mm-hmm. something you can constantly read instead of anything negative. We got enough negative stuff in the world. Let's hear something positive. Let's hear something that's, that's going to uplift us for once, you know? And that's what I want to do in my shop. I love that because 
it changes the entire vibe, the energy in the shop. So when people come in, they know what they're going to get. They know that if they're having a bad day, they're going to be uplifted, whether it's through having a conversation with you or reading something on the wall or either both. Um, And so a lot of times people can come in feeling one way, but they leave out feeling so much better. They got so much more than just getting a cut, you know? So the fact that you're able to do that is beyond commendable. And I just, you know, want to thank you for the work that you're doing because it's something that's needed and it's not something that we tend to, that we tend to talk about. And so one of the things that I also wanted to ask you is how did you overcome fear and anxiety to launch your business clean cut grooming lounge? Oh man, I remember, I remember like it was yesterday. Okay. Um, Okay. The way I, the way I uh, overcome that fear of jumping out there, it started with me being unhappy in the position I was in in life. I was working at a job that I, I was I was there for years, and you know, being there, and I was you know, I was really unhappy. I, I was it was cool that when I was younger, but then as I grew, I was growing, and it you know you, you know you go through these stages in life where you're just like, man, I, it got to be something more than this. And, you know, I always knew how to cut, you know, and but I just never really thought that that far as far as it, you know, being a career. Um, but it just just one day, man, I'm just like, man, I can't take this no more. This can't be life. I got to do something that like I, I have to do something, I, you know, with my time and something that's meaningful. And I did. I then I found barbering and then, you know, I started to do my research on it. And once I, I, I went, I took the initiative to go to school. Um, and I shut down partying and I got serious about going to school to learn more about my craft. Um, then I found the guy who uh, who owned a barbershop and he followed me. He said he loved my work and he said he would love for me to come work there. Um, being there, I was able to groom myself. I quit my job to pursue my my dream. I had an idea. I had a brand I wanted to push. And once the opportunity came for me to step away from the barbershop, he, you know, it was it was anxiety you go through because now you're stepping out on your own. Now you're like, okay, here you go. Like, you know, it's time for me to spread my wings. And he was the most supportive person. One of the most supportive people I've ever had in my life to actually be like, yo, you remind me of myself. Go for it, bro. And I thought he was going to be, you know, upset about it. But he was like, yo, it, I knew it was going to be you. I knew it was going to be you. Like, like he said, like I'm, I just, I'm happy for you. I want you to do it. As a matter of fact, the per, he was the first person who ever signed my wall when he, when I got my spot. Wow. Yeah, I told him what it was. I mean, well, I, of course I signed it first, but then when he came down to check out my spot, and then he said, "Oh, I gotta bless the wall," and I was like, "Yeah, please." And he he was the second person that actually blessed my wall, and this is the owner who gave me a shot and wow. pushed me to do my thing. So. Oh, you know, all salute to him, you know. It takes sometimes all it takes is just one person believing in us. And it can mm-hmm. really one person believing in you can give you the strength and the the ability to really like move mountains because yeah. sometimes it's hard to believe in ourselves or to see if things will come to fruition and because I know what it's like to launch something from the ground up or wonder will it be successful? Will people respond? Um, all those things that that kind of come with launching something new, even though you know it's something that you should be doing, you're really passionate about it, you know that you could do a great job. 
but really trying to get it out there. And you've been extremely successful at what you're doing. So what words of encouragement would you give to someone who is struggling with overcoming fear and anxiety to launch something that they feel like this is something I should be doing, but I'm so afraid because will it, will it succeed? Um, am I going to mess up? It's not perfect yet. I need to wait a little bit more time. What words of encouragement or affirmation would you give to someone? You know, I, I was that guy because I almost talked myself out of doing this, honestly. And like I said, because of him, he was like, no, like you need to jump. Like, like, how would you know if you don't jump now? And I was like, nah, it's not right. My advice is, is to meditate. I meditate a lot to really, you know, to get in touch with myself. Meditate. Also, understand that you're in this position for a reason. You're able to do this for a reason. You have these plans for a reason. Just take the leap of faith. And it is a scary thing. I'm not gonna I'm not even gonna sit here and just you know sugarcoat it. It is a scary place. Jumping, but all the great people in the world has been through this. We are human and we all been through that scary jump. I feel I say that of course have a good plan before you do it. Have an idea. Also have a plan B and C. And once you have that, once you're able, able to overcome yourself, meditate, pray, and jump and get it done. But when you hit when you uh when you jump, go all the way in. You can't have stuff. Go all the way in and be true to what you're trying to do. And it'll it'll work out. But you gotta okay. have a plan. Plan it out. Don't don't jump without a plan. Because that's not good. But have a plan. If you know everything is there, if the only issue is jumping, make sure you have some good folks around you. Nobody negative. Someone who's going to encourage you. Talk to people. And if, like, you know, sometimes we have a mental block if it's deep. Like I said, therapy helps. Like, this is part of the reason why I am, I've, I've made that jump. Because my therapist like, look, you can do it. You can do anything you put your mind to. You know, like you're meant to do this. And after you consider, you know, thinking about it and considering it, I just jump. So if you have, need to go to, if you, I, I suggest therapy just to help you with that, you know, that mental block. Have good people around you, positive people, mm-hmm. and have a strong plan for your, for your vision. And Absolutely. Jump. Absolutely. And one of the things I wanted to ask you, about is when you hear the words man up mm. has it helped you or hurt you in terms of your emotional and mental well-being uh man up um it depends um i, I say for most men in the way we're raised and um, when we're told when we're told to man up it's it's from a it's certain emotional uh points where we're told to man up where we should should just be able to express ourselves that hurts us in the uh over time once we always told man up man up man up but there's times when you have to man up but there's times that you have to be like all right look i have to express myself but people mix up the two that you know everything is like okay when i'm expressing myself oh man man up but sometimes you have to express yourself to man up you know, and, you know, I, I think, you know, with that, 
people need to understand, you know, when you and, and don't mix the two and understand why would I you know when and and when and how when the uh, the time to man up, you know, don't a lot of people uh, take that as uh okay. Well, I mean, honestly, this is what hurts a lot of black men. Uh, why black men have issues with expressing ourselves because we're so taught to told the man up. Oh, stop crying, man up. And, you know, in the end, it kind of hurts because now we're just like, all right, I don't want to come off this way because I don't want people to think, oh, I'm a punk. I don't want people to think I'm a, I'm soft uh, or I'm emotional. You know, it's a time to do that, especially with our black women. We have to be that way. You know, so we can have a, a a better understanding with each other, you know, but there's a time for us to man up to actually, all right, cool. Well, let her know that, hey, like, I got you. But it's like I said, it's, I think that word man up, people use it, use it for the wrong purpose at times. And it's times where we're supposed to 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 really show it's, it's a time of place to, uh, for us to, you know, to, to show uh, that side, you know, and mm-hmm. man and man up, manning up is is more so just okay. It's it's a way. If uh, we're taught that, just all right, we got to be tough, man. Stop, you know. Nobody wants to see that from a man, but that's just the older generation of how they're raised and what they're taught, you know. And but at this time, it's time for us to actually, you know, know when to man up and when not to, you know, when not when not to man up, you know, and be able to express ourselves amongst each other. You know, I think that's what will help us, you know, if we basically understand the two. Yeah, I mean, and manning up, it doesn't necessarily I know I'm not a man, so I can't. That's why I asked you what it meant to you. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. but the thing is, it's like, why can't manning up be showing being vulnerable? Why can't manning up being see someone cry or say that I'm scared? Or I'm not sure how this is going to work now. There's strength in that. There's strength in vulnerability. And so it's like, that's not a sign of weakness. But a lot of times people see crying or admitting those things, those emotions that may feel uncomfortable. We see that as being weak. When in actuality, it's not. It's actually showing strength because not every person can do that. Because when when you do that, you're going against the grain. You're going against the norm. So that's interesting that you, you, you know, you provided that perspective just because there was a study that was done um, and it said that African-American men um, often experience severe effects in, in their work, in their life compared to uh, whites in terms of the expression uh, man up. And it was actually called the man up, man down research program. And it was a Michigan based initiative that explored the physical and emotional health of African-American men. And oftentimes we're saying that African-American men um, experience depressive symptoms, um, but they're often misdiagnosed and African-American men face more chronic major depressive disorder and it, it actually impacts their ability to function. Depression overall compared to other people who um, other people who are not black. And so this study was pretty interesting. And that was the reason why I brought that up to you, because people often you hear all the time saying man up. And it's like, well, that basically means I can't sh- I can't be vulnerable. I can't sh- tell you that I'm scared. I can't tell you that. These are the fears that I'm that I'm experiencing. And so in the end, sometimes it often does 
hurt, you know, it does hurt men. Um, and if it hurt, if it's hurting men, then it's also impacting the women that they're in the relationship with as well. Yes, I totally agree. Um, and that's one of the things that I speak about too, with other men, you know, um, I have a few clients uh, that I've created a, a great friendship with, and we had these type of conversations about the things that kind of hurts us in relationships. This is why a lot of relationships are, you know, you know, they they kind of they fail at times because of that block that we were taught, you know, from childhood. And now we got to man up, got to do this, got to man up. And when there's times when our women need us to be vulnerable. You know, they they want to feel like, hey, I like you feel me, you understand me, uh, you get me, and you know, for us to always be like, no, nah, I know, and a lot a lot of us want to, but in the back of my mind, that's what you know. Oh, we got man, no, nah, no, nah, don't don't show that, nah, uh, yeah, whatever, you know, and just kind of put on this tough exterior. But you know that that's one of the things that hurts us as you know, a whole, especially in the black community, because we don't know how to be vulnerable. I, I know older couples who have been married for decades, you know, but there's no, you know, he provides, he makes sure the household's good, he makes sure she's good, but that's his way of showing love, but he doesn't know how to express it. Because he was never taught that. He's like, hey, I do love her. I, I provide this. I provide that. But I'm like, yeah, but she wants to feel it. She wants you to express it. And with most men, they don't know how to. And, and that's and I know so many older couples who they just live that way. And, you know, then you hear it later on that, you know, a lot of a lot of the women that are in these relationships I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't my he's never he's he doesn't know how he don't really express himself. He doesn't show me he loves me. I mean he he says he provides, but you know, I don't hear it. I don't he don't say it, he don't show it physically, you know. Because in the back of my mind, oh we got man up. Nah, be, I'm doing my part, you know. I'm doing what my dad told me to do. You gotta provide, do this and do that. That's that. You know, this is what that's all that matters. And honestly, just simply just listening to women, like some like that's the issue. You know, that's why with me, I was like, you know what, let me shut up and let and let me listen to women. They talk to us all the time, you know. Let's sit down and have a conversation. What and what do you need from me? Mm-hmm. How can we help each other? I want this. I that's what I want. Okay, cool. Well, this is the issue I have. Let's work with trying to make that better. But like I said, it starts with us and we got to be willing to be able to like, you know, make that change within us to, you know, to be better and open up and be vulnerable. It's it's, it's a work in progress because we got to undo what we, we were taught, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's why I, I stress that, you know, some guys, you can either talk to other guys or how to seek therapy, man, because it's, it's sometimes it's deeply rooted. We don't know how to break that, you know, from us, you know, and this, you know, us as a whole, man, we have to, be able to be willing to admit that about ourselves and be and be able to give that change, you know, and, and create that change for ourselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like this conversation has been so helpful because it's really as a black woman, it's really helpful to see 
it's helpful, but also encouraging to see a black man like being so vocal and open about his mental health challenges and what he's doing to change the narrative in the community. Um, just by simply people coming in to get a haircut and they leave it out to start to be completely transformed, not just externally, but internally. Um, and so to be able to see um, a black man doing that is, is just, it makes me really happy because it helps to change the, the narrative in terms of black men and mental health in terms of the black family and then essentially the black community. So I just really want to thank you for the work that you're doing. It's just beyond commendable. And I look forward to be able to hopefully being able to partner with you and to create some more, some, as we say, black girl magic, you know, black boy joy, all that magic together. Um, because it really does, if it's just, if it's just one person doing their small part, it does start to impact everyone else. And so if someone is interested in connecting with you, how can they find you on uh, social media or your website? All that information, if they want to get a, a haircut from you or they want to learn more about the mental health initiative that you're working on. Yes. Um, I have a Instagram, which is clean cut underscore the barber. Uh, you can follow me on there. You can visit my website at www.cleancutthebarber.com. Um, and just reach out, you know, uh, check out my page. Um, I will have more content. Uh, we'll be speaking uh, more about, you know, black men and mental health. Um, and hopefully, you know, especially nowadays, man, you know, I know the anxiety and, and depression, it will hit different this year. And, you know, it's, it's important for us to prepare for that. You know, this is a whole this is this is a whole new energy that we're dealing with here. But um, yeah, if you want to, guys, you know, you want to uh, talk to me, you want, you know, critique my page. I have, I have all my art. I'd like to call my my actual haircuts art. I have them all over my page. Check it out, man. Check and then if you can make it, if you're in the local area in the DMV area, you know, book your appointment. Come through and, and well, once all this is over, come through and and talk to me and and let's have a great conversation and get a great haircut. You know. So that wraps up another episode of the Fireflies Unite podcast. I would like for you all to let me know what you thought of this episode. We will not have a therapist shout out or self-care segment just for the sake of time. I know that everyone suggested in the surveys that the podcast episodes are shorter. And so I want to respect that. And so anytime that we have a guest um, and the episode goes pretty long, I will make sure that we will not have a self-care or a therapist shout out during those weeks, just so that we can keep the episode short as you all requested. So please hit me up, hit up Eric and let me know what you thought of this week's episode. You all have a blessed week and I will talk to you next week. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you obtain tools and resources from the Fireflies Unite podcast to help you manage your mental health. But please do not use it as a substitute for a relationship with a licensed therapist or psychiatrist. Let's continue the conversation by following me on Fireflies Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.